Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Guest Thursday, and we have a very morning. special guest, uh, Dean and Trish Harrington from Rhode Island. Uh, they've been on before uh, and shared their story and uh, uh, talked about their abiding and discerning God's will and some of the cool stuff that was happening. And they've had, you guys have had quite an adventure uh, in the last uh, six to 12 months, haven't you? And uh, yeah, they'll, be able, sure. they'll be able to share, share that uh, with us. But yeah. tell, give, uh, give a recap uh, for the audience of, you know, how many years have been married, how many kids, uh, uh, you know, what, what you're, what you have been doing and, and then we'll, we'll get into some of these great stories. Great. Go ahead, Trish. No, you can go first. Um, <laughs> we've been married 23 years, uh, it'll be 24 next September. We have four children, uh, ages into their thirties, right down to a senior in high school. Mm. So we are still in the high school world. Um, is that a is that a boy or a girl? A girl. Girl. What's she? We have a boy and then three girls. What's uh, what's your high schooler going to do? What's she doing next? Uh, nursing is on her mm. her her spotlight. That's what she's thinking about. Um, her she's applying to schools that have good nursing programs. She's so a big I, volleyball player too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Trish. Tell about. Yeah, mom. she's a volleyball player. They won the state championship. Two days ago, Friday. Uh, oh, fantastic! Yeah, she played great, so she's very happy. She's a leader. So I bet she had a good time with that, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's congratulations. That's cool. Is she going to play uh, volleyball in college? No. <laughs> she's not tall enough. Maybe club. Maybe club level. <laughs> um, but you know, it was a great season for her, and it was she demonstrated some leadership skills, and it was good to watch that, and interesting to watch that, and. Uh, she really came a long way and uh, had a lot of fun. Yeah, really proud of her. Really proud of who she is as a teammate more than mm. what she accomplished in wins and losses. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, so now, yeah, she, if she goes off, if she goes off next year, does that make make you guys empty nesters? I think it does. Trish Trish might not agree. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it does, but uh, Mom likes to keep the bedrooms open just in case. Yeah, uh, they come back. Yeah. And, uh, we do have two two dogs, so we're not quite empty nesters yet. Yeah, particularly, particularly <laughs> in uh, today's life, uh, Kathy has this too. Is that uh, yep. kids uh, come back? <laughs> uh, we, we had our twenty, and I love having them open. Yeah. be able yeah. to, you know. Yeah, we had our twenty-two year old say, "Oh, I don't think I'm going to find a job. I don't want to talk about it, but I might have to do something really bad." And I was like, "What?" And she said, I might have to live at home for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, come on. Let's get a little bit. That'll be neat. And um, uh, and what? tell us again what uh, town you live in in uh, Rhode Island and how long you've been living there. Yeah, we live just outside of Providence in a town called Rumford, which is right on the Seacock, Massachusetts line. We've lived here since 2022, uh, 2002. Um, I grew up in the city, 
since 1961, and Trish has been uh, an adopted citizen of the city, and now the uh, the mayor of the city, unelected mayor of the city, <laughs> uh, um, since uh, we got married in 2000. That's amazing. And uh, uh, briefly tell us again how you guys met. You want me to take that? Or you want to take sure. that? Um, we met at a Shamrock Christmas party um, in 2000 and uh, in 1995. Uh, Trish was there with one of our vendor partners uh, where she had worked and the leader of that group was like a, like a father figure to her. And he, she had been studying for the CPA exam and he said, you need to get out and socialize a little bit. So she came to Shamrock and she came up to me at one point in the night and said, what's your affiliation with Shamrock? Then it was Shamrock Financial, now it's Shamrock Home Loans. And I humbly told her that I own the place because <laughs> she was good looking and I thought that that would work. Terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> terrible idea, but that's when we met. We met at Shamrock, which is ironic. And then Trish came to work there. We got married five years later. She was an international auditor with EMC, among a few other distinguished jobs in public accounting and decided to come on board and, and help us grow the company. Yeah. We were absent somebody of her talent to be able to make the jump that we were a mortgage broker trying to become a mortgage lender. Mm. And so getting her as a wife and a CFO was like, you talk about God's providence in something. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think I shared it with the last time we talked, but uh, my, my my wife left when my kids were five and three. Ex-wife. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> <practice> wife. <laughs> well, she's back now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell her I, I did time served. I should be able to count it. Um, <laughs> so you talk about God's just his amazing hand. And, you know, that was she just took off and left me with custody of the kids. And, you know, it was obviously a scary part. Sixth year of Shamrock being open and going through that. But God said, look, I have a, I have a better plan. I, I, this is not the marriage that I want for you. There was a lot of issues with infidelity. And so he freed me from that and delivered me in a marriage with somebody trustworthy um, somebody that I could then continue to have more children, which I was not planning on, build a family, grow it, and then come into the, the business, which God owns, yeah. mm -hmm. and build that. So I, you talk about, I had this expectation from that experience, and God said, no, I've got this one over here, supernaturally. It's so good. Yeah, it's still one of the great testimonies of my life. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, um, uh, we'd like to have you share, uh, uh, you know, in terms of things that are happening uh, with your First of all, uh, share how, again, abiding uh, is so meaningful for you, and then we can get into some God's will stuff that you got some some great stories to share. But first of all, uh, maybe each of you could share, uh, again, as you look at abiding uh, in the relationship and in God's word, You know, what does that look like for you? Our audience hears us talk about it and other people talk about it. It's always good for them to hear, well, exactly how, what does that look like for somebody that they could then uh, begin to uh, receive it. So how does that look like for you guys? And you could, you could both share individually. Um, so the biggest thing is being, I we think is equally yoked. Um, it's so important to us that we have, uh, we're on the same page with so many things. And we try to instill that in our children that ensure that you find someone who you are equally yoked with. Mm. So what abiding has done for Dean and I is we, when we come together on issues, 
uh, it's very infrequently that we don't agree. But when there are times when we don't agree, uh, it's easy to find the answers uh, from God. Yeah. And, you know, what, what exactly do you have to say about this? And uh, we always get on the same page after that. I think maybe there's almost no incidents where we haven't agreed, right? Except on the kitchen renovation, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, my bank account didn't agree with that either. So. We did not end up agreeing with on that one. <laughs> yeah. um, I could have I could have called Dane, uh, and when it comes to kitchen renovations, Dane just say yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's what I said. Okay. I said go ahead, go ahead, hon. And uh, fortunately, the contractors blew the whole idea up for us. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting about abiding with your spouse is um, there have been times where Trish, I'm abiding on something and, and maybe we're not in unity. Maybe I'm not even asking her what she's hearing from God on it, because it seems to be something more in my bucket than hers, which I think is a mistake for us to think about. But um, that sometimes happens to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can't think of the exact example, but there was a time probably a couple months ago where I'm abiding on it, Trish isn't abiding on something, and she says something to me, and I remember journaling this, that God, I wanna confirm that what Trish said was, I asked you for confirmation on this decision. Mm -hmm. I said, confirm this decision for me in some way, shape, or form, and were you using Trish's voice mm -hmm. to confirm what I thought I heard? And uh, quickly was yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So there's even times where she's been able to confirm for me or move me from a spot of where I am neutral about something. I'm not really sure what I'm hearing God's word to be or his will to be. And Trish will say something that I would have formally said was out of the blue, but then I'll come back to my time with God and say, Trish said this, what do you have to say about that? Mm. Mm, he said, so I good. used her to say that to you. Um, I want you to ask her to, you know, amplify on it, talk a little bit more about it, because I'm speaking to her about this. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's not always something I want to hear, but you got to be tuned in like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's where I think the value of abiding together is. Yeah, it may not be on the same subject at the same time, but knowing that God can whisper to her on a topic that she's not mm -hmm. even abiding. Yeah, yeah, and I'd like to highlight, um, you know, as people are learning to abide, is that. Um, because uh, you have the Holy Spirit, uh, it's a, uh, a what's called a quickening or a sense, you know, like when Chris, Trish was saying something to you, you, you kind of received it like, huh, um, that's interesting. And then you go talk to the Lord about it. Uh, I noticed this is, are you, you have something for me to understand? And then God says, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually talking to her. I'm doing things with her. Now you go spend more time on this with this. And that's how the Lord works. See, it's, mm -hmm. it's, um, we tend to want, just give me the answers. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and as you share your story, we're going to, you know, have to go through that because, you know, it'd be like, well, just give me the answer, you know? And, and God says, well, actually I love being with you. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm going to just give you a heads up or pay attention or process together and, um, I'm in it all, and, the, and he gets the joy of it, and he wants us to get the joy of it. So uh, I just wanted to highlight that for our audience because they they sometimes don't see how simple it is, really, and how beautiful it is. Mm -hmm. And we want to 
highlight that. So um, we know that you've gone through uh, an interesting process uh, over the last year or so, uh, uh, discerning God's will together uh, through abiding, through a, a receiving, uh, some things that were uh, kind of interesting to you. So go ahead and just kind of set up the story and, and walk us through. Uh, you talked about Shamrock, which is at the center of this. You know, what what was going on, um, what, how God had already worked worked in it, and then we can start processing how you came to, to some brand new conclusions about it. Yeah, that's a, uh, I'm still processing a lot of it, yeah. Rich, in, in the, in the, rearview mirror of this, but I, I can tell you that it was, I'm in the mortgage lending space, Trish and I both are, and um, things had started to change dramatically with inflation going up and there, there was heavy seas of change, even as early as 2020. And then uh, obviously by 2022, things had gotten really scary. We're an independent mortgage banker, so we're a mid-sized. Uh, and I began to feel some threat that we weren't going to be able to survive if we didn't grow. And so the processing with God was, is it your, is it your plan, your desire, your will for me to, to grow Shamrock? And so I hired a growth officer, started to grow, very aggressive growth. Uh, that person um, eventually had to be terminated for cause, um, which was a real disrupting event. So at that point, I'm sitting there saying, God, are we still growing here? I mean, this this mm. seems like the market's shifting. Inflation started to peel up. This was early. This was January of 22, and. Um, uh, back up, back up, just January, a minute, just a minute, uh, Dean. When you, you know, you had this person uh, that was contributing to the growth, uh, and then you had to, you know, have a termination. How how did you process that? What was your understanding of that at the time? That that couldn't have been just an easy automatic thing. How did how did you process that? Oh boy, um, so that termination was in January twenty one. So probably in the fall of twenty. Um, I had been tipped, I had been told that there were some allegations against him for sexual misconduct, harassment would be called. And so I began asking God, I thought you wanted this person here for me to redeem them and help them be redeemed, not me redeem them in their faith. That was the call of why he was here. So it was just part of it. Should I speak into this? Um, do you have a plan for me to use me? To get to this person's heart so i began that process thought mm -hmm. that that's where we were heading a couple more incidents bumble up they seemed like ticky tack falls to a guy that grew up in the 60s and 70s they seemed like oh, really that's an issue and so i came back to god and said did i did i make a mistake in hearing you to hire this guy a year and a half ago because it seems like i made a terrible mistake and i began to really doubt that i had processed it with god 18 months earlier and then go back in my journaling and I didn't process it. What I what I really did was ask God to give me the thumbs up on the decision I had already set. <laughs> and um, then I convinced myself that the decision was for God's purpose. So I think my my processing at Rich was really in the rearview mirror, looking at that I didn't process. Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so then, hmm. then our daughter had some abiding. She showed us, and her abiding was, "Don't hire this guy." Wow. And she never shared that with us until about six months after. Yeah, that's happened to a couple of employees. And Rich, you've talked to Morgan about some of those. Yeah. So eventually, you know, we got to three, strike three, four, and five in the same incident. And uh, I didn't need to ask. He had to go legally. You know, nobody in the company of my senior leadership would allow him to stay after the, the, uh, the, the most recent event. So 
I then went through a real thrashing of myself for having put us in this position because it cost us a lot of money. He ended up peeling out a lot of the growth that he had brought to the company and sabotaged us quite a bit in that that first half of 21, and it, it got really ugly. So I began to drift back into my Irish Catholic roots of guilt and began to flog <laughs> myself for not seeking God, not hearing him correctly. Um, so I did a lot more processing on that. And then I just uh, decided to pause on the growth for a few months. And then God put somebody in front of me that I said, God, did you put this person in front of me? Because this person should not be applying at Shamrock. <laughs> And uh, they said, I have this person here for a purpose. So it took me three months to hire the person. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, it started in February. His first day was June 1st. And I kept just processing it out, processing it out, looking for all the signs, ask, seek, and knock, ask, seek, and knock, ask, seek, and knock. Um, and then finally, um, I had conviction that, and confirmation from God that he was the right person to hire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was and when was that? That summer of that was January. That was June first of twenty two. Twenty two. Okay. So we decided to continue to grow, and in September of that year, um, I involved you in it in a discussion that we had one morning, uh, September third of that year. And I said, "Look, I need you to process this with me." And what you processed was the same thing that I processed. That I'm going to grow, Shamrock because you cannot be competitive in your space. You're going to get blocked to access to products mm-hmm. and pricing and competitiveness. The industry is changing. It's going to low, it's going to raise the bar of entry to get products that you need in your store. And that had started to happen. And so I'm going to grow this so that you don't get blocked. I'm going to grow it with you organically through your efforts, or I'm going to grow it for you to hand off to somebody else. Hmm. And so we began to aggressively attack growth again with a better leader at the top of that. Did an excellent job for about six months and then the market completely hemorrhaged. And now only not only access to products was off, off, everything was gone. Pricing was gone, execution was gone, revenue per loan was way down. And we then faced an existential crisis if we couldn't turn it around and kept abiding that God said, look, I'm gonna grow this. It's going to be your hands or somebody else. Keep walking this out. And uh, by the way, um, just for the audience, explain briefly uh, why what was going on in the marketplace was putting pressure on you and everybody else that's in the market. What what was causing that? Just so people get a clarity about yeah. what you were facing. <clears throat> yeah, two things. So no, the first one was rates went up so quickly that and are still have gone up quickly that you can live at eight percent interest rates we've done it plenty of times over the last 50 years but not when they're on coming out of two and a half right <laughs> because people that have two and a half percent loans on their house would normally sell that house for a move up house relocation they weren't moving right so inventory dried up we got down to about 30 percent of the inventory we'd normally have yeah. available for housing so they just weren't their loans and then secondly when we sell our loans in the secondary market we would normally get four bucks an apple we like to say just make it easy some years, once a decade, we get five bucks an apple. One year, we got $3.70 an apple and wanted to vomit. In 22, we got $3.53 an apple. In January of this year, it went to $2.85 an apple. Ooh, wow. So you've got 70% of your market's gone, and the price of your apples, which you've always gotten $4, is down to $2.85, but your costs haven't changed. Mm. So the only way you can survive in our industry is if you have a very big servicing portfolio 
70 billion to 100 billion big. Mm. We didn't have that. So it became clear that we were gonna have a real difficult time of not losing money in addition mm -hmm. to yeah. all the pressures of staying up with product and pricing that we weren't able to access. Yeah. And Trish, so you, you, Nor'easter. Trish, you were the CFO. What was your, as you're observing all this, what's your what's your perspective at this? And so it's, I think you're you're talking now about this. Is it the beginning of 22 or mid mid 22? Yeah, and then 20 the start of 23 is when it really yeah, started getting yeah. bad. Mid 22, but started at the 23. What was your perspective on that? Panic. <laughs> I was because I could see it, and I have a lot of regulation uh, things and compliance things that I do. So I was in complete panic mode. Fearful. A lot of my abiding was based on on handling fear and not panicking. And it, it took me a good three months to get out of it and say, look, I'm not going to worry anymore. But it was panic because we were every month there was a $500,000 loss or more employees have to go and just couldn't do it. And it was panic and fear, yeah. all of it. Yeah. So the, uh, uh, you know, obviously, Dean, you had a head, little bit of a heads up, you know, that, hey, the market, you're going to have to get bigger to, to make it. Um, you thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll work at getting bigger and, and you were working on it. But at the same time, you have dynamics in the marketplace that are working against you. Um, and, you know, part of as we seek God's will is to understand the truth of it and a little bit of the heads up of it. And even, you know, as Trisha, as you share the the fear of it, you know, by the way, is fear uh, okay and is that normal? You know, the answer is yeah. See, it's uh, lots of examples in scripture uh, like Joseph at where, you know, was one and kind of you're facing a Joseph at moment, you know, of, man, this is, this is coming after us and I don't know how we're going to make it. And uh, it says uh, Joseph Hat was afraid. <laughs> uh, naturally, you know, like, uh-oh. But now, and you know, like you're saying, Trish, the neat thing you said is that uh, you went you went to pursue God about it to show you uh, a place of trust and, uh, you know, don't stay in worry. Don't stay in that fear. And the only solution to that is to seek God. That's that's the only solution, right. which, which is kind of cool that you did. Um, so... You know, you're looking at it because you're the CFO, CFO, and you know the numbers, <laughs> and you know the dynamics, and so you're seeing it. You know, and Dean, you know, Dean, you're seeing it. Uh, so at the beginning of 23, uh, where were things at, and where where were where were your understanding at it uh, when you now came to it was, and it was getting. We knew economically it's getting worse and worse and worse. So, <clears throat> yes. Um the first quarter was the worst quarter we've ever had. Um, so at that point, you know, Trisha's, I can see that the fear is, is real for her and, you know, I'm concerned about that. And so, you know, if she, if she had, I felt that if she had had her druthers at that point, we would have just closed, taken our ball, going home, giving everybody 60 days notice that we're going to wind this thing down. And I felt that that was on her heart and mind. Um, I couldn't get there myself because I still thought that we could cut our way to profit, that we could the access to programs and products would come back if rates went down. We yeah. knew that. So yeah. I thought, okay, start rationalizing that I can cut down to this and I can wait for the products and pricing to come back. Yeah. But I'll give it one quarter to prove that. And that was Q two of this year. I said I'm gonna give it one quarter 
I got great guys at the top of my company, like superstars. I said, fellas, we gotta, we gotta get this ready now. We gotta make this work and we worked hard on it. I think in the background, Trish still appeared really nervous to me and really anxious and not on board with that decision. So I was kind of fighting with that a little bit. We really weren't necessarily in disunity, but we weren't touching base with each other during that quarter. And then when we got finished with that quarter, uh, which was, you know, we knew in early July that we had again had a pretty big loss in that quarter. And I knew at that point that it was over, uh, that we needed to to be acquired by somebody uh, and we needed to have a wind down that was ending well, it was honorable to God. Mm. And so I think, and I, Trish, you can comment on this, but I, I think once that decision was made and I began to work with my two top guys on acquisition mode, that's what we spent mm. almost all our time on, that I, I think Trish's fear got lessened. Absolutely. Once you yeah. knew there was a path out and we weren't gonna just bleed out. Bleed out. Mm -hmm. I, I, I felt calmness. I also knew I knew God would take care of us. I just knew it. I had such trust. Yeah, and that gave you, uh, you know, some hope at the moment. And I remember, you know, uh, when you were processing that, Dean, that um, the truth of what God had said to you is that uh, to survive it, you have to get bigger. Um, which is true, and you understood that. And you said, okay, let's see if we can get bigger. And you realized, uh, I don't know if we have the wherewithal to uh, get to a point where we can get bigger. And since we need to get bigger, because God said so, then let's look at maybe the other direction and uh, maybe selling the company to somebody. Um, because you, and anything I saw there with you is that you both had a heart to stand on the truth, um, even though it was not preferable to you. But okay, Father, then what do you want to what do you want to do now? And I'm willing to do that. And that your heart showed that you were willing to do that. Not your preference, of course, uh, but you're willing to do that. And I'm sure that Trish, for you, that meant, meant a big thing to you is that there wasn't going to be. Well, we're going to go down with the ship. <laughs> hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, okay, let's look at let's let's look at a different ship. So uh, we want to. Uh, pick this up uh, next time. We, everybody, if you would, please come back next week. And because uh, the uh, the wonderful supernatural work of God is going to be explained here of what happened. And the setup is beautiful. Is that um, and when we try to tell this about God's will, and you understand this, is God gives you a heads up. I start to give you wisdom. I start to provide truth. Are you willing to receive it? No. Yeah. Um, and then start to follow me into that and I'll show you what I'm about ready to do and that's the story that's going to happen you know next week so we we're just thrilled that you two being able to demonstrate to us uh, Kathy and I particularly just the beauty of your hearts and um, we're, we're excited we're, we can't wait to hear have the audience hear the next piece of the story so father we thank you for uh, Dean and Trish uh, we know that you have guided and led them and you, you're the one that that uh, provides the answers and the way, and they've had, always had a heart to follow and to experience it. So we just pray that uh, even now what's next will be beautiful and that we'll be able to share, particularly next week, uh, the story and how it unfolded in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much Thanks, for joining Kat. us. Thanks, and thank you. thank you to the listeners for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week, and we'll see you tomorrow for End Times Friday. Yep, we'll see you then.
Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.